there. Welcome to the Female Empowerment Podcast. My name is Carly, and I'm a big believer in actively bringing about more goodness to our communities. It feels good to know that we're not alone and that someone else out there has experienced the same challenge we're facing now. Whether those challenges are related to business, motherhood, or general life as a woman, this podcast is a platform that I've created to allow women to share their inspirational stories and greatest business tips to help make your day just a little bit better and your life just a little bit easier. Keep listening to learn from our amazing guest of the day and be sure to share this episode with a friend. Hi, everyone. We're so excited to have you here back with us on the Female Empowerment Podcast. And today, my guest is Donna Ashton, who is an online course specialist. So I'll tell you a little bit about her. She has 11 years of creating and selling courses behind her. Donna's built her freedom lifestyle business using her work less, make more formula, and she's taught hundreds of others how to create and sell profitable programs that allow time for family, travel, and uh, impact the world. Her mission is to teach you how you can easily take the process you already have and make money with a course in your business to create a freedom lifestyle. Whether you're running a full coaching practice or just slammed with family and life, adding digital courses creates leveraged income without more work for you. This is definitely something that a lot of people are doing right now. It's something that I'm interested in, and I'm just so excited to have you here with us on the show, Donna. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited. Always great to talk about courses. <laughs> love it. Love it. Tell me why courses. How did you come into this space? Well, way back in 2010, I was homeschooling my twin girls, then seven, and I wanted to start a business and I was homeschooling, like I said, and I was very passionate about it and I just didn't have a lot of time and I didn't know anything about running a business. And so I didn't realize you're supposed to like take some clients first and do it this other way. I didn't do it that way. I just jumped into the one-to-many model uh, because I was like, this is all I have time to do. I have little kids. I have like only four brain cells right now to manage that. And I just need something that will kind of leverage me right from the beginning. So I built my whole first business, which was helping other homeschool moms on programs and courses. And, you know, I found out years later that that's not really the way most people do it, but I just really didn't do one-to-one coaching. And I did bring that in later, but at the time I was like, you know, I barely have time to take a shower and prep meals. So I have to do what I have to do to make things work. Awesome. What was your first course about? So my first course was, I think back now, it was a really, you know, packed course. I didn't really know a whole lot about what I was doing, but it kind of packed in about early childhood. We used Waldorf education. So it was all about how to use Waldorf education and homeschooling and help the mom set up. And I remember it was $497. And it was that was quite expensive for a homeschool course way back and you know, in 2010. But the other story behind this was at the same time, this was the recession had hit my husband had lost his job in the building industry, which if you guys remember that it was just a nightmare. 
And we were just not doing well <laughs> with our finances. And I had had my business running, but I was just making, I call it like dance money, you know, a little money on the side for the kids dance lessons to go out to eat, to buy a couple dresses for them. And suddenly our house was in jeopardy of being foreclosed. Literally a guy pulled up into the driveway one day, got out of the car and started taking pictures of our house because we were so far back on paying the mortgage. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do something. So I literally borrowed money from a friend to take this program to learn how to do courses. And I was doing my course while I was learning because I just didn't have any time to spare. So my sort of rags, not really riches, but the story is I made $7,455 from my first launch. I had about a thousand people, maybe 1200 people on my list at the time. And so sold, I think it was 15 courses at the 497 and made around $7,500. And it might as well have been a million dollars because where else could I even make that much money in just a few weeks? Like nobody was hiring. There was no jobs. And I had my kids at home. So once I realized that it saved our home, I relaunched the same exact program, like three months later, made like $8,500. And it was like this light bulb went off in my head. Oh my gosh, this is money on demand. And this is a way to make money without having to do a lot of work. So I was sold after that on courses. And then I just kept going, making more courses and, you know, kind of scaling and growing my business from there. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. So many lessons. I feel like you just taught us just sharing your own story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So as time went on, then people started asking me to help them do it. Like a lot of the moms in my homeschool community were like, Hey, I want to make some extra money while I'm homeschooling, you know, and I have some expertise, help me make courses. So that's how my business with that, I launched in 2016, how to help other people. And then I actually sold my first business because it was so turnkey. I had my courses that I would launch out like once a quarter. And I had a colleague come in and actually buy the um, homeschool business from me in 2018, which I thought was pretty amazing. Usually you can't sell, you know, your own coaching businesses. And then I went full time, you know, in this since 2018. Oh my gosh. Wow. Ultimate success story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps adding as I go along, right? That's perfect. That's what we want. That's the whole point, right? It's a really yeah. good system. And that's what you teach people. I had a few thoughts, you know, in the beginning, we're in the recession. And I just think it's amazing that you were confident enough in your product that you could price it at a price point that you knew was higher than the average during a recession. Tell me about that and your mindset around that. Was that a struggle? Was that scary? Or was it something that you just felt good about the whole time? You know, honestly, I think I was just following the model inside the program that I was doing. Like this was the suggested amount. I really had no idea, you know, whether that was high or low or whatever. I just went with it and hoped it would work. And I did pack a lot of little extra things, you know, into it. It was a really robust course. They got a book we sent to them and they've got, I don't remember back then. I think I was sending DVDs to people. They got a notebook with the DVDs and the transcripts. It was very 
way back, <laughs> you know, before streaming. And most people didn't have smartphones and things back then. So they would have to sit on their computer and watch. So we sent CDs that way they could put it on their car or whatever. So yeah, I guess I didn't really know better. And so I just went for it and it worked. So <laughs> sorry, I don't have anything to say. I mean, I do have a lot to say about it these days about charging what you're worth and, you know, understanding the value and make sure you price your course. But that first one was sort of just, you know, okay, 497 <laughs> is what she said to price it at. So that's what I'm going for. And I needed the money too. I think there was a little bit of urgency to, oh my gosh, I can't sell this for $50. I've got to sell it for a good amount of money because we've got to catch up on this mortgage payment. Definitely. I think that's something that people should consider as they're pricing courses is like, how much do you need to make? What do you need to make to live? What is totally your agree. Kind of yeah. You have to look at the value. Yeah. The value of what the course is bringing and not just the value of over the eight weeks or whatever it is, but over the lifetime, if you're teaching someone mindset, you're teaching someone how to make courses. You know, if I teach you how to make a course, you can go out in the next 10, 15, 20 years, you can sell courses. So what's the lifetime value of that? Even if you just made a thousand dollars a month, let's just say, but over those years, that's a lot of money. And if you're learning mindset or how to homeschool your kids, like it's something you're going to keep. So you have to think about that. And then also your goals. If you just want to make an extra 500 to a thousand dollars a month, well, then, you know, you can charge a little bit less and it's not a big deal. But if you're looking to make 5,000, 8,000, which is a lot of my clients kind of moving towards six figures, uh, then you've got to really look at that because if you sell a hundred dollar course and you want to make $5,000 a month, you have to sell a lot of courses. Definitely. And it's a, it's just as hard to sell a hundred dollar course as a thousand dollar course. There's a, there's some words of wisdom for you. <laughs> I promise you that's totally true. Cause I have sold everything from $7 to $10,000 programs and it takes just as much effort you know, at $27, at $200, you'll still get people saying, oh, it's too much money. I can't afford it. Yeah. Speaking of that, I think that's something that really stood out to me from your own story. And I don't know why I'm still hung up on this. It must be something I need to learn, but <laughs> okay. um, that you moved forward feeling very confident about your pricing and everything. It was the recession. And so that would have been a good excuse for people not to buy. And so that just proves that there are people out there who need what you're offering, who are willing to pay for it, despite the circumstances that they're in. And so that's just kind of like a mental block that people can get through as they're working through how to price their courses. I totally agree. Two of my biggest years were the recession and the pandemic. Wow. So it's interesting. If you have the right, and I'm a real stickler for this, I call it the migraine problem. If your course solves your client's migraine problem. So your course has to be the migraine medicine. Okay. Think of it, not the headache medicine because a headache, you know, you can just sort of take an Advil and kind of, you might not feel great, but you can go on your way. But a migraine problem is something that can't be overlooked. It can't be pushed aside anymore. So if you have that solution to the migraine problem that your people want, it doesn't matter where, when, why, you know what I mean? People want it. I mean, there will be people out there who say they can't afford it, but there are, there's billions of people in the world, right? There's, there's a handful of people, there's 20 people or 10 people or eight people or whatever it is you need per month 
who want what you have, but you have to really build that course from the beginning, solving the migraine problem, or you could end up just beating your head against the wall because nobody's buying it. You know, crickets, when you put it out there, which I see so many times, people are like, my course just won't sell. My course just won't sell. And we take a look at it. I'm like, well, that's because you've missed the mark here. And I say no amount of great marketing is going to sell something that nobody wants. You could try to give it away and people don't want it because it's like, well, I don't really need that. You know, I can just go without it. So I start from the very beginning with my clients, building that foundation of solving the migraine problem, making it be the migraine medicine (laughs) so that people already want it. And you already know there's a huge need for this and you don't have to try to convince people how great it is or how much they want it because there's just no time for that. And the internet is too busy these days with everybody online and everybody selling courses and all this stuff. So you have to stand out in that you already have the migraine medicine they're looking for. I think that's really, really good advice. And that answers one of my questions, which is what's the best way to figure out if your course is something people want. And it probably starts with you see the need, you see it in your own life. You have someone who's experienced something similar. Do you have any additional recommendations for how to prove that people need it? Let's say, It's your idea. And you're like, I feel like I could use this, but I want to make sure that I'm not the only one that feels this way. Where else can we go to get that information? This is a really big problem because we're so excited. We're sitting behind our desk and like, I have this great idea. This is going to be it. And many times it's not it. (laughs) And it's hard to change people's minds because they're so excited and passionate about it. But I have a whole validation process that I take people through. But one of the biggest things I'm going to say, and the, one of the easiest things you can do is ask. It's a very, one of the very first things I have people do is go ask your clients. If you have clients you're working with already in a one-to-one or in a group, or you have some previous clients, or you have someone who could be your ideal client. Now, don't go ask your husband or your sister if they're not your ideal clients, because you're going to get the wrong answers. You make sure you find people who, you know, who have this migraine problem, and then you ask them some key questions and make sure, but I'm telling you about 90% of the time when this happens, people will tweak their idea because what they think people want and what people actually want are two different things. And that's, there's whole, there's so many reasons behind this, but people don't always know what they need. They're like, I just have this pain in my back. I have to get this pain in my back fixed. Like, let's just use pain for an example. Like, I can't do this. I really have to get my this done, right? And so they don't know that it could be posture or it could be they need to lose that extra 20 pounds or they need to get a new mattress, like whatever. There could be some different reasons, but they're just looking to get the pains fixed. They just need more money in their business, right? They just need more clients, But that could mean they're not showing up because they're introverted and they don't want to show up to the networking events and they don't want to show up on lives because they're afraid to do it, right? So if we start talking about that, they're like, I'm just looking for someone to help me get more money. So we have to meet them where they are with what they think the migraine problem is. So there's a little bit of psychology kind of on the back end of this. 
And if you just go out there, here's a great example. I had a client who came to me and she was already starting a course and she wanted to help people. She worked in corporate and she wanted to help people have amazing presentations for meetings and things. They have to get out there and do these presentations. And she said, you know, she wanted to help. She sees so many people like failing and they needed to have a real engaging presentation. So I said, okay, that's great. However, let's just do this one step and do the validation, go do the questions and do this part. And when she came back to me a week or so later, she's like, oh my gosh, that's not what they want at all. They're scared to get up and it's all about stage fright. They're afraid to get in front of people. And what they really want to know is how do I get up there and how do I overcome the stage fright? So she totally switched her idea, even though doing the presentation was part of the course, she had to address the stage fright first. And people weren't out there just looking at how to have great PowerPoints. They were looking at how to confidently get up in front and speak. And if she hadn't done this testing, she would have missed the mark and probably had a very lukewarm course instead of selling out her course because people really wanted it. So that's a good example from my own business and my own clients. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's opened up so many thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen people do beta launches. Mm -hmm. Do you consider that a part of validating the idea? At what point do you do the beta launch? Yes, we do the beta launch pretty close in because I feel like that's the final piece of validation paying for the course. It's not just like a free, hey, let me try to get three people enrolled. Like they need to pay and they need to pay very close to what you want to charge because if you want to charge $500 for a course and you charge $100 for your beta, that's not a true beta test because people might pay 100 but they might not pay 500 So I feel like that's all part of the validation process. You know, I sort of have these three pillars that I work with people and that validation includes the beta test because that is the final proof of concept. They pull their credit card out and yes, here I go. I want to be in the course. And then, you know, you've got something that people will pay for. And then we move on to the next step for sure. That answers another one of my questions. That's perfect because I was wondering, should you discount for beta? How much should you discount? Do you have a rule of thumb that you like to follow? Not really. I just, you know, I let a little bit off. I mean, it really depends on the price point. If you're charging 400 and then you might charge 300, if you're charging a thousand, you know, you might charge 750 or something. So I just sort of take a little bit off, but you want it to be pretty close and you don't even have to do this, but I find, you know, if you're just doing it for the first round, some people feel more comfortable saying, listen, you know, this is a pilot test. Everything may not be perfect. I'm looking for feedback and suggestions. And I find many times because I do want people to do a beta test for the reason of they may shift in the middle of the beta, you know, running the actual course and go, oh my gosh, I gave way too much information. They're never going to get through all this. I better scale back or they're really stuck on this one right here. I've got to add something else. So I like doing a live version before they record everything. And before they, you know, do the whole thing, I want them to run a a, a somewhat live. It doesn't have to be totally live, but I want them to be interaction with their clients so they can see how it's going and how the flow, unless they've been teaching this in a workshop and they really have it down. Most people have only been working with one-to-one clients. And so when you put it into a group, it's a whole different dynamic because you're like, 
oh my gosh, you know, they don't just ask questions and I answer back and forth. I really have to feel like, how is the flow going to go? And you don't have someone in front of you that you're seeing, you know, one person, you've got to do it for the group. So usually it's a little bit of tweaking. And so that's why I think charging a little bit less is, you know, is okay. And then you're going to get some great testimonials. You're going to see how it flows. And then the next round, you're going to be so much more confident and say, oh my gosh, great. I'm just going to pull this out, or I'm going to add one here. And it's going to be amazing because people already got some great results, even during my test launch. Thank you. That was very clear. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> good Are you learning as we go? Are you doing I, your beta launch? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So many things that I hadn't, that I just didn't know or didn't consider before. I think Um, that's the big thing with courses. And it's so interesting that the tone has changed a little bit since 2020. And the things that people are asking me have changed a little bit. Like before it was very much, I don't have any idea where to start, or I don't know anything about the technology, but I think after last year, people who were not online, everybody's been online, everybody's on Zoom. And so I'm getting things like, I just need to know what platform to put it on. Like people think it's just about putting it online and suddenly some magic fairies are going to come in and it's just going to start selling. (laughs) And so it's interesting. Things have shifted and people do understand the tech a little bit more, but there's a lot to it. Like you have to build it correctly. I kind of say it's like a, a cake. You have to have the right ingredients and you have to put them in the right order If you don't, your cake is going to be flat or it's going to taste yucky. If you just leave out the flour, what is that going to do? There are a lot of pieces and you just don't know what you don't know. And it looks easy if you're just like, oh, I just throw some stuff together. But that's when things happen where you don't get very good results and you might sell a few and then it's crickets. But, you know, when I'm helping people put their courses, I want like six figure income courses. I want it to be, like I said, the 5K a month, the 8K a month. And so if you want something like that, if you're looking for consistent income, that is nice income. It's all nice, but you know what I mean? Having a good amount of income coming in and consistently, then you need to make sure you have the ingredients right and you follow the recipe. (laughs) Otherwise, it just is a flat cake and nobody wants the flat cake, (laughs) right? That makes perfect sense. And that's a really good analogy. Um, Let's talk about platforms. Okay. Do you have a personal favorite? Are there pros and cons to different ones? What are your thoughts there? Well, you know, things have changed over the years. I can tell you what, (laughs) In, in almost 12 years that I've been doing this. So I don't think it really matters. Here's what I'm going to say. After all this time, and I've used four or five different platforms, and I've seen different platforms, and there's always another one popping up, and it's hard to keep up. I mean, they just get easier and a little bit more drag and drop over the years. You know, back in the day, we had to really cobble some stuff together, and it was not pretty. But just like all tech now, things are a little bit easier, but then there's more complications with different things here and there. I think it depends when I bring people into my my program and we talk through, I give some options and it depends on one, where you're going with this course. What are you going to do? Is it something that you want to sell on your website or you want to have this income coming in that you're going to be selling courses? A lot of people will create a course just to kind of go along with their one-to-one coaching. Like this is just some, some, you know, courses. So they don't have to keep saying the same thing over and over again. So, you know, it's a different thing. Like you may need a funnel if you're trying to, you know, create six figures 
from the income of a course, I would suggest a platform that can do a lot of things and we'll have funnels and we'll have a little bit more complicated tech versus if you just are funneling your people who are already clients, like just here's the login, go watch the videos. So it's really depends on you, where you are in your business and maybe your budget, you can get some free versions, some $50 versions, some $200 versions a month. It just depends on where you are. So honestly, it makes not a whole lot of difference as far as the sales of the course, even though people think it's some amazing magic platform. It's not. You still have to market it. You still have to have a good course. You still have to have it priced correctly. There's all those things. And where you put it, it's the least of the issues. Though I think people think it's like the biggest thing they have to find. I've got to find that good place. (laughs) Where will it go? Where it'll just sell, but no place. You know, it just won't. It's just not going to sell unless you have something in place to, to sell it. That makes a lot of sense and very good insight. When it comes to marketing, your course, do you have any tips as to how to best pitch it or maybe what not to do when it comes to marketing your course? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, again, I don't know. I always go back to this foundation, like back to the recipe, right? Let's go back. One, we make sure we have the migraine medicine. So that's the first key. If you don't have that, you have to go back and find that. So once you have that, then I call it my magic messaging. So you have to say the right things to the right people. And during the validation process, you should get a lot of good feedback and you really need to know your clients and what their greatest challenges are and what their dreams are with whatever you're teaching. If it's losing weight or relationships or money or mindset, you need to know your clients. And the more you can get into their heads, the easier it is to speak to them and use the magic messaging to say, I know you're out there trying to lose this last 10 pounds of baby weight, but you're so busy. You barely have time to take a shower. You can't plan healthy meals and shop organic and make all these complicated things. I have a program that will help you with done for you templates and easy, quick recipes and only 10 minutes a day to prep or whatever. I'm just making something up, but you've got to speak to whoever it is that you created the course for, and you've got to speak their language. You have to really get inside their heads and know what their issues are and what they're frustrated with. Because if you don't, you just sort of say, oh, I'll help you lose the extra 10 pounds. Like no one cares. More than ever these days, you have to be very specific and stand out in the market. There's just so much noise out there. And if you're just like, hey, make more money, lose weight, find your soulmate, you're just going to be carried off in the sea of everyone else saying the same thing. So you really have to be specific. We really target down with a good niche. Who's the best person for this course? So someone who's losing weight, who's 25 is going to be a different course than someone who's trying to lose weight, who's 65, right? You're going to create a different type thing. And you're going to say different things because there's different issues going on for a 25 and a 65 year old. So really knowing your people knowing their issues and knowing what they want is key in your marketing so that you will catch their attention and really grab them and say, oh my gosh, wait a minute. This is exactly what's going on in my life. I better read through this a little bit more. We have like two seconds, right? As the speeds go by. And if you don't grab them and what I call connect the dots, if you don't have all that and you don't know what to say to grab their attention, they're never going to see your amazing course. And it's just going to collect dust 
on your computer or on your really nice platform. <laughs> I love that. I once learned a trick to to kind of help with marketing and getting in their head is doing your market research, asking people, and then writing down their specific words that they've used and then use those words in your marketing. So it's just saying back to them what they said to you so that they can connect with that. Being able to feel the emotion that comes with it because I've learned that people buy usually out of emotion rather than logic or just because something looks pretty, they have to have a connection with it. Yes. All that is exactly right. (laughs) I have found all of that to be true. (laughs) How many people do you recommend doing a beta launch with before you go ahead and launch the official? I mean, I I think it needs to be a manageable number. I mean, it could be five to 10 people. I don't really want you to have a 40 group because, you know, you have to really check in with everyone and you need to also keep it like, hey, I've got a beta group and I can only take 10 people or I can only take six people. And it sort of gives a little bit of, you know, exclusivity to people. And then you can really dig in. And if you do have to have follow-up calls, if you do have to do one-on-one calls with them, I find it's okay. Go ahead and do what you need to do to get through that and really get some good results and find out at the end, have a wrap-up call with them and find out what they love, what they didn't love, because that's just going to help. But if you have 40 people, like it's just going to be too much. You'll never be able to to do that. But if you know if you have one or two, that's also hard because sometimes not everybody can come to the calls. And if no one comes, you're like, hello. <laughs> so, I mean, try to get is five is a nice starting place really for it, but it's just you know, it just depends on what you already have in your warm market, who you already have. If you have an email list, if you have a big social following, I call it shaking the low hanging fruit, like go to your warm market. If you can get three to five people, that works. Awesome. Okay. That's really good to know. The term evergreen, can you define what that means when it comes to courses? Yeah, I think, well, I think people think it's different things. But I think an evergreen course is a course that people can just join or come in at at any time. There's not a start, like we don't start September 1st or January 15th. You can just come in and roll people in at any time. So it creates a couple of things that I feel like are great. I like to do my courses evergreen because one, people don't have to wait. What if they have a really big problem and you don't start for two months? they're going to find someone else, you know, are they like, I don't want to wait too much. I want to lose the weight right now because I've got the summer and I need to lose the weight, right? I don't want to wait two months when I've decided to do something. So I feel it gives the, it kind of catches them when, when the iron's hot, right? They're excited. They see your course and they want to jump in and then they do, and then they can get started right away. So it doesn't matter when they start, they always start with module one and they go through, you know, You have it either dripped out or they have access to everything on demand, depending on how you want to do it. And then it also helps with your revenue where you don't have these like roller coaster months doing a launch and then nothing. And then you have to wait a few months and doing another launch and then nothing. It creates more consistent flow of just like bringing a few people, you know, bringing 10 people in or eight people in or whatever it is each month instead of these sort of feast and famine cycles of, oh my gosh, I made $10,000. And then three months goes by and you don't make anything, right? Then I do another launch. So I did this for many years and I constantly was creating new courses because I was like, I can't keep launching the same one over and over, but I need money now next month. 
And so I just got into this crazy course creating (laughs) frenzy (laughs) and I created all this stuff and I was exhausted after like two years of that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot sustain this. This is just crazy. So I decided to, you know, evergreening really set up a funnel And that's when I hit six figures because I didn't have to spend all my time running around like a crazy person doing launches and trying to get people into my courses all the time. It was able to just be automated and created something where I still have to drive traffic, but I don't have to do all the other things. Like there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to courses. So I teach automating as much as possible, my whole work less, make more because hello, we don't want another job. We don't want another things. You know, if you're coaching people and you're trying to say, I'm working too much already, but I want to grow my income. How do I do that without adding more clients? We want to back that out so that you can start your course and then your course income. I know you can't see me on the podcast, (laughs) but you can see me where your, your income for your course starts to match you know, and exceed the coaching income and you can drop down and just take your best clients, raise your rates to just a few people that you really want to work with and put everyone else into a group course or a course over there so that your time is so much more leveraged and you don't have to just spend all these hours. In fact, I was just working on this webinar that I'm doing and I was like, if you have eight clients and you have weekly coaching for 12 weeks, you've got 96 hours of delivery, you know, to make maybe $4,000. If you have a thousand dollar course and you sell for a month, which was the $4,000, then you have like 16 hours. You know, if you have an hour delivery, if you do a live call, and then if you don't do a live call, then it's even less, like it's such a difference and it's the same money. So I know I kind of went off on a tangent here. Sorry. (laughs) That was perfect. Yeah. I think you answered the question very well because things will change and become outdated sometimes. I know that it can be necessary to go in and update things in the course. You may want to add more things as you get more feedback, people saying that they need more about a certain module. So you want to add more things in. How do you manage that? Do you go in and make updates all at once? Do you have a schedule? How do you notify people about updates? Well, I think it depends on what you're teaching. Like there are some things that you're going to be the same, like, you know, mindset or maybe losing weight or relationships. There may not be any changes. If you're doing something that's technology or what I'm teaching with courses. Yeah, I do update maybe once a year, once a year, every year and a half. I go back and go, okay, now it's time for me to do this. And it's always fun because I just grandfather everyone in who's already bought it and they just love it. Cause I'm like, Hey, I've got some new stuff coming. <laughs> and so I just make it really fun and just let everyone who has access, you know, get the updated version of it. And then anybody new, of course, gets the newer stuff. So for me, I have to kind of keep on top of it a little bit more, maybe like I said, once a year, things are changing very rapidly over the last few years. So I've had to make more before I was kind of good for a while. <laughs> So I guess it just depends. There's no schedule. I just look at it or when I want to change a little bit, or I've learned a better way then I go in, but it's not like I have to redo the whole course. It's usually just a few pieces here and there. And so there may be just a few videos that I have to change out. And so I don't have to redo the entire thing. That makes a lot of sense. How important is it to have like a group Facebook page or community that goes along with your course? Well, I feel like you need to have some kind of support. 
And the way I teach it is more of a higher end course. Like I want you to charge $500 to $1,000 as a starting place for courses, because I like to, for several reasons, I know we could talk about this all day, but because you're standing out, you're differentiating yourself where like for me, I have a weekly call, like a Q&A call people can come to and I can just coach them and help them because I know that watching my videos and going through my DIY version of the course is really hard. Even though I'm very specific and I give you everything, they need feedback. They have questions. They're like, hey, but what do you think about this title, right? Or what, do you, what about this price? Like they want to talk to me. And so I find this with, with most of the clients that I work with, they want to help people. They don't mind doing a little bit, like an hour a week, you know, for a call or a Facebook group or a call every other week. There's no set way you have to do it. But I feel like having that one allows you to charge a little higher price. And I promise you, (laughs) this is so funny. I had a course when I started this business and it was called the power of programs and it was $500 And it was sort of the beginnings of what I'm teaching now. Of course, I've improved it over the years. But anyway, I had these six modules and I would sell it. And then I started realizing that people weren't finishing it. And then people were calling me a few months later going, well, can I work with you one-to-one? Because I just can't do this. And so I started offering a group program with the same modules, the same videos and the same everything. All I did was add calls to it. And I was charging three and $4,000. It's the same materials. And people were gladly paying that. In fact, I stopped selling the course. No one wanted the DIY version. So they'll pay five times, 10 times the money to hear from you, to get the feedback from you. Now, it's still very leveraged. I'm not doing one-on-one calls and all of this. Like one call a week, I can totally do. And then a little bit in a Facebook community, if there are questions or just say, hey, how's it going? What's your wins this week? It's very like, what, five minutes or 10 minutes of time. So I feel like in this day and age where everyone has a course and there's so much out there, I heard this really horrible statistic, I don't know, a few months ago that only about 15% of people who take courses actually finish them. And you can probably, like how many have you bought that you never finished? I know I've got several in that I just bought and never like, like, but if you pay a thousand dollars or $3,000 to come learn and go through a course, you're probably going to show up, right? If you pay $97 or even a couple hundred dollars, yeah, I find they come to the first couple calls and then they just drop off or they go to the first few modules and then they just drop off. So there's skin in the game with charging a little bit more. They know they can talk with you. They can get the feedback. Everyone has specific things, you know, questions and situations. And if they know it could be one thing that you answer that changes everything for them, but without that support and without that added piece, they would not have known they have to guess because we can't answer every question in videos, right? We don't know what their questions are. Everyone has different things. So I'm a real um, stickler for charging what you're worth. Like I was saying earlier, like me teaching someone how to do courses could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars over the lifetime of their business. So is it worth it to come pay 3000 or 8000 or whatever, you know, to learn how to do this, to set up your whole business and to start making six figures? I think it is. <laughs> My clients think it is. 
So there's a couple of things when it comes to pricing and kind of picking that whole thing. And I'm trying to remember where your original question was, but I hope I answered it. (laughs) You did. You did. Yeah. The original question was about having a community or a Facebook page. And I feel like you did answer that. And I love all the additional insight you provided. Yeah. That's why I really believe it's all like weave together. I think that's perfect. And I love the psychology behind pricing. There's so much that goes into it that people just don't think about. No, Um, they just pick something or they just look at what their competition is doing and go, well, they're charging 300. So I guess I'll charge 300. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see where that might be good information to gather as you're thinking about your pricing. This could be its own course. The psychology of pricing is probably. Oh, it could. Yeah. I could talk for hours about pricing. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Another course idea. (laughs) You mentioned titles a little bit earlier and that really stood out to me. Do you have guidelines that you like to work within when you're coming up with a title for your course? Because that is just really important. That's what will draw people into it. Here's the thing. I, I don't totally agree with that. I think that it's nice to have a good title, but it's not the only thing that sells your course. Okay. Okay. Because you're not just shouting from the rooftops, the power of programs, the power of programs, the power of programs. I don't have that title anymore, but I mean, no one knows what that even is. But it's like, hey, do you want to, you know, create an online course to bring in an additional rep? Like you have to say things too. It has to do with your marketing. But when it comes to titles, to answer your question, I feel like saying to be as clear and say what it does as possible. I know people like to be cute And people like to have this little alliteration or whatever. I wanted the power of programs. I was like one of the worst ones. But if you can just say, create your first online course and make six figures, that is an amazing title that people will understand and will be like, woohoo, where do I sign up for that? Like there's no, you know, power of programs. Now just look at the difference in the titles. What does that mean? What is she talking about? So I like to be super clear and people think it's going to be this big song and dance. And most of the time I'm like, just tell me what you're going to do in this course. What's the bottom line? And it's usually the best title, something like that. I know people will fight me on it and then they'll come back and change it. But um, if you do have the power of programs, you better have a dot dot after that, like some kind of tagline that says, create your first course and go to six figures so that people know what it is. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. Where can people go to learn more from you? Where can we book one-on-ones and can we follow you on social media? Yeah, I'm all over social media. My website, DonnaAshton.com. You could go there. I've got some, there's a free quiz. I have my podcast, The Work Less, Make More, which is available, you know, all the places. And I have a Facebook group, a free group called Make Money with Courses. So if you want to join the Facebook group over there, I do lives every week and bring different things. We just did a Kickstarter challenge a couple of weeks ago, and I did some training in there on how to get started. So yeah, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and all of that. And then I have the Design Your Dream Course template, which I think you said you have a link to. I don't remember what it is, but you can link it. So yeah, if you're like, I'm not sure if I should have a course, you can do my quiz which is createyourcoursequiz.com. Or if you're like, I want to do it, but where do I get started? Then you can get the design your dream course template, which I walk you through the steps on on putting it together. I'm really excited to look at the rest of the material that you have out there and connect with you further. I think that'll be really awesome. Yeah. My podcast has a lot of great episodes. I mean, I 
it's not like thousands of episodes. I think I'm on in the forties, but I've been, you know, doing it since the fall and there's a lot of great resources and information on launching and titles and pricing. So if you want to listen to some of that in more depth, you can come listen to the podcast. Perfect. I will for sure. And to remind our listeners, that was the work less, make more podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for all of the wonderful content and advice and insights that you've shared with us today. I've learned so much and I just really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. Love talking about courses and helping people work less hours and still make a lot of money. Thanks for listening to the Female Empowerment Podcast. I truly appreciate you being here and I would love it if you shared this amazing episode with a friend. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at brandingforwomen.com or send me a message on Instagram. My handle is at brandingforwomen. See you next time.